0: everyone and welcome back to Akin Speaks. Today we present the first episode in our new series focusing on entrepreneurs here at Duke. We were lucky enough to speak with Mackenzie Drezan today, an incredible individual fueled by personal experience who's brought her determination and problem-solving abilities to the field of mental health in some pretty amazing ways. It was interesting for me to hear her story, learn more about her philosophy towards entrepreneurship, and educate myself on some of the ways that the mental health care system stands to be improved and how she looks to help fix it. I hope you enjoy as well, and now, on to the episode. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you for taking the time. Thanks for having me.
1: Okay, so Giselle, why don't we jump in? I just want you to talk about my resource and um, how it came to be.
2: Sure, sure. So, um, sort of how Team was born was, unfortunately, my sister passed away my freshman year at Duke, and um, it was really, really hard to find Shelby the right care. Um, When she first reached out for help, she was experiencing an eating disorder, anxiety and depression, and it was really hard to find her um, a a therapist that could really treat all of her conditions. And our pediatrician was not very helpful at helping us find that right care. And when she was hospitalized, the hospital was also unhelpful at helping us find a residential program that could meet all her needs. Um, We found a great place that could treat her depression and her anxiety, but they weren't equipped to treat her eating disorder. So we ended up back in the hospital again for the eating disorder this time. and and you know it was just really challenging and we ultimately failed to find her the right care even though we tried so hard Shelby was so motivated to getting the right help my family was trying everything we could to find her that care um, and this was really frustrating to me because there are so many people that that experience mental illness you know one in four Americans will experience mental illness at some point in their life and 30 percent of all those people will suffer from not only one condition but multiple conditions at the same time just like my sister Um, You know, and and since there's so many people, why why wasn't the hospital able to help us? Why wasn't our pediatrician able to refer us? Um, You know, in physical health, if you need to find the best knee surgeon, you know, your doctor knows who the best knee surgeon is for whatever it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't know why that didn't work the same way for mental health. Um, And so I I spent the next two years trying to learn everything I could about what went into finding that right care. And it turns out that within mental health, it's different than physical health in that um, you can have two therapists with identical training, but they may specialize in completely different areas. And so, um, you know, you have to know them personally. You can't tell Mm -hmm. by looking at their license um, or or their training what what disorders they like to treat, which disorders they don't like to treat. And then the other part of it is also the reimbursement process of the mental health for insurance. You know, how are you going to pay the different therapists accept different insurance? Um, And that also changes frequently because of how difficult the reimbursement process is, Um, which means that actually insurance companies really don't even know who are in their network. So you could call your insurance agency, and I've heard stories of people being referred to people who've been moved out of state, passed away, um, or retired, and, Mm -hmm. and... and so, you know, everyone within the mental health industry just struggled to keep track of all these data points, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it's really because they miss—they're the, lacking that infrastructure to be able to do that. So, what my resource does is it provides health institutions with this infrastructure so they can track all these data points, so they know what therapists treat what conditions, mm-hmm. when their availability is, um, and it can keep that information up to date over time. So then it gives these health institutions, it gives university counseling centers, hospitals, the power to be able to make accurate referrals that's to awesome. meet their patients' mental health needs. And so I actually started off, that's that's my resource, and I started off first with TEEN because I knew I wanted to get into the how do we help patients find the right mental health care faster space, um, but I also felt like there was so much that finally clicked for me with what I wish I would known from the get-go with my sister that really made sense afterwards. Um, and I really struggled to be a supporter to her because I was so scared to say the wrong thing. I didn't know what to say. Um, my family didn't have any prior experience in mental health and so this is all, it was all new and it was all intense quickly. So um, I, I wish I could have gone back and told myself things that, I, that I finally clicked over time and then that we learned through experience. Um, And so I thought, you know, there's got to be some way that I can tell other people, other sisters, other, you know, moms or dads or brothers or friends about how they could be supportive. Like, try and teach them what Mm. I learned so that they didn't have to go through the same learning curve that I did. Um, And that's actually how Team came around. I was in an Uber going back home to California for a break, um, freshman year, and I was talking to the Uber driver and. They're talking about an auto parts website that they started and I was asking them, you know, oh, what kind of, um, what did you code it in? So I was taking CompSci 101 at the time and he said, oh, well, actually, I don't know how to code. I used website templates and back then I didn't know about these website templates. I knew people could make blogs, but I had no idea you could make websites. Is this like a WordPress type exactly. thing? Nice. WordPress. Um, <laughs> And and so I used WordPress, Weebly, and Squarespace—a wonderful collage of all. Three. Yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> <Impressive>. <laughs> and that's how Team was born that summer. Is I—that's sort of I knew what I wanted to do, and it evolved into Team eventually, and sort of consolidating all the helpful resources. Because what I found was that there's a lot of information out there that's great directed towards the patient, but not mm-hmm. so much about. How do you support the friends and family members? You know, How yeah. do you teach them how to support your, your friend or your, your son or daughter, your sister or brother that's struggling? What do you do? Um, and, and helping someone is really, it's a team effort. It takes the whole community. But you know, there isn't any support given to the community or, yeah. or they're not taught on what to do. Um, and so that's what I want a team to do is basically to teach people um, how they can be
0: supportive to others. Mm. That's awesome. And so, let's see, there are lots of follow up questions <laughs> I can ask from yeah. that. Um, I'm curious to know sort of what the process was in getting something like my resource going, just mm-hmm. in the sort of, it, it sounds like you did some pretty intensive research <laughs> for a while there. I'm curious, like, what that involved and how you kind of. It, were able to see that problem so clearly obviously with your own experience but how you were able to make sure that whatever solution you brought about was kind of the right one.
2: Sure, sure. You know I, I had no idea I wanted to start a company to be honest. Um, if you had asked me my freshman year that you know if what I wanted to do was to be an entrepreneur I told you no way. Um, I just never thought that this was going to be the path I went down. Um, I was honestly I was just really upset about my sister and I wanted to learn why we had this problem, um, because it didn't make sense to me, and I just, you know, I had the opportunity to talk to her doctors, talk to people in in the mental health community, and so I took advantage of that, and I I was asking everyone I could talk to, and there were a lot of people that reached out to my family, Mm -hmm. so I just used that opportunity to answer the questions I had, just, you know, Mm -hmm. I was grieving my sister, and I wanted to know why this happened, why we weren't able to get the help we needed, and I just ended up talking to a lot of people, and then I started to realize that there's this common trend and and sort of, you know, why she wasn't able to get the right help. So then I started asking people, you know, I was trying to figure out, did we do something wrong? What should we have done differently? Mm -hmm. And so I was asking, you know, the heads of counseling departments, you know, if you had a son or daughter that was experiencing a mental illness, um, what would you have done? Mm-hmm. Um you know, and they said, Well, I would have called up the head of psychiatry at the nearest hospital and asked them what they would do. Right. And so what I was sort of feeling out is that it's really this word of mouth. And so then, you know, well who has a consolidated list of who are great therapists? And then I started talking to um, referral programs and, and then they started telling me and so you know, just by just following this trail, basically, I I started to realize that there's this common problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I think I'm just naturally a problem solver. And so I, I thought, wow, this is a problem we could fix. Mm-hmm. And and it was almost, I think, being so naive and not understanding the problem at its fullest mm-hmm. that I jumped into it because I thought it was going to be an easy problem to fix. And it yeah. turns out it's an extremely complicated problem. You know, without knowing as much, <laughs> people, I had already surpassed a point that people said I couldn't get, they didn't think yeah. I would get past. And that gave me the confidence, the sort of ignorance that, mm-hmm. you know, well, I've gotten this far, surely I can get farther. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of... Um, I didn't know enough getting into it and I I was able to get further than other people had attempting this um so that gave me the confidence that even though everyone's telling me there's no way I can pull this off there
0: could be a way to pull it off interesting and And I feel like it almost it's sometimes like a person with fresh eyes is the person mm -hmm. that needs to be the one to address the problem because otherwise people aren't
1: if they've been in it for so long, they can't make yeah. out of the boxes. Yeah, right, no, that That's so interesting. What were, right. what were you going to say, Giselle? Oh, um, it's not more, it's like, it's kind of a question, but let me just develop what I'm thinking yeah, as for I'm sure. going. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you did a lot of research for yourself. You did a lot of figuring out, like, what can I do here? Like, what's the, like, how can I put my solution here? How can I help in, in any way? And I'm wondering, when did you start bringing people on board? Like, when was that? Sure, sure. Yeah,
2: so actually, you know, the solution was really, tailored towards people's problems so it's not that I had a solution I was trying to find Mm -hmm. the problems to match it Mm -hmm. I think why my resource has been so successful is because it is truly built to solve the problems that I learned about and I had no idea I was going to try and solve a problem or if there was going to be a product and so the product really is tailored so perfectly to match this gaping problem Mm -hmm. um so in, in that's sort of I think where a lot of the success comes from because um, I think a lot of people start off, you know, they have the solution in mind and then they try and find the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you, you don't even yeah, think about it. the solution, mm-hmm. you only focus on understanding the problem to the fullest, then that's sort of the best way to go about it. That makes um,
0: some sense.
2: Yeah, and then we, I'm so, so lucky. We have the most amazing team at my resource that we work with um, and I found my co-founder, Gabby actually through um, one of my best friends here at Duke, another Gabby, and they were rooming together to make it even more complicated. <laughs> so, uh, <two> <laughs> so Gabby and Gabby. Um, Do you and call I would them something over, different or no? I call them Gabby. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> um, so I was talking to Gabby, my friend, and Gabby, her roommate, was in the room. Was they lived together, and I was kept talking to Gabby, my friend, about how you know there's this problem. And about my resource mm-hmm. and then you know Gabby her, her roommate would be sitting there and was said to me one day you know I'm really interested in this you know I want to be a psychiatrist I'm super passionate about mental health we should grab lunch so Gabby and I got lunch Gabby had this great idea of you know more research oriented clinically driven ideas she had that we could use with my resource mm-hmm. so she started working on that and we spent the summer um, working on mapping out all the different um, clinical um, conditions within the DSM-5, which is, um, a, this sort of, um, psychiatric listing of all of the official disorders that there are okay. within mental health and all their mm-hmm. subconditions, and then we were mapping out, um, what are the best ways to treat each of those conditions, what modalities do you use to treat those conditions, and modalities are like the techniques that a talk therapist will use oh, in interesting. therapy, yeah. and there's been research behind different modalities work best for certain conditions. So then we mapped out the whole DSM DSM-5 and wow. which modalities you use to treat those conditions, <laughs> and then we weighted each condition by how much research there was behind each modality for mm. each condition and subcondition. So it ended up being this massive project. Um, and then fall rolled around, and I ended up going to a um, a conference um, put on by the Milken Institute called Faster Cures with one of our mentors here at Duke and. Um, I was at the conference, and it was a room full of scientists. And I was, you know, by far the youngest person by probably 30 years. And um, I did not have a PhD in front of my name, <laughs> or a masters, or I was just an undergrad. Um, and most of these people were. Hardcore scientists with years of research behind their belts, and they were asking me all these super specific questions. And um, the whole time I was sitting at the conference, I was saying, "I wish I had Gabby here," because I was just totally overwhelmed. Because I have no, I you know, I have no schooling in this topic, just personal experience, and Mm I learned a lot along the way. But and so I went back and I asked Gabby to be my co-founder. Um, and then people just kept coming to us and saying like, you know, I'm really interested in what you guys are working on. Can we join? And the team just grew from there.
0: That's awesome. That's so cool. I'm curious also to know you're talking about sort of the success that my resources had, um, over the, I guess, I want to say years, but it feels almost more like months cause it's, uh-huh. it feels pretty new, but I'm curious kind of what some of the moments have been that you felt that success. and. How, what, what the experience has been to potentially see it help others um, after all this work that you've put uh-huh. into it.
2: Definitely the most rewarding part of this is when um, I meet with counseling centers or I hear from patients that my resources um, you know, either solved a problem of theirs or they're so thankful for the software if it's a counseling center because it enables them to do a better job at treating patients Um, Or students and then to hear from patients that my resource helped them find a resource that by far is The most rewarding thing for sure Um, You know if we help one person all this work is totally worth it for me. So yeah,
1: Yeah, that's awesome so along with that note of High highs. Yes. <laughs> I want to know about um, sort of low lows because I feel like in startup <laughs> culture, <laughs> like you feel like one moment you're like, oh, I'm on top of the world, and another moment it's like, oh, I'm hitting a wall, like I don't know, how am I going to continue and like just sort of facing those obstacles and like being like, oh, I have to get back up. So I For sure. kind of want to know like what were those low lows and how did you overcome it and regain your sense of self and be like, okay, here's what I'm going to do now.
2: Definitely. And entrepreneurship is most definitely an emotional roller coaster at a very high rate (laughs) so you have high highs in the same day that you have very low lows Um, and it's not something for the faint of heart for sure and it's you know I feel like entrepreneurship is often put up on a pedestal as being this glamorous thing but I would say 99% of the time it is extremely unglamorous and 1% of the time it is incredibly awesome Um, and so you know, I wouldn't have gone into this. I didn't think I would be an entrepreneur. I'm in this to solve a problem and because I'm so passionate about it and I think I'm discovering that I actually do like entrepreneurship, but um, especially this is my first company I'm starting. Um, it's extremely scary because I have no idea what I'm doing the majority of the time. Um, and you're just having to learn on the fly and you're winging it half the time and it, you know, it's a lot of learning and you're trying your best. Um, and a lot of times I feel like, you know, this is really scary, I'm, I'm not um, qualified to be doing this, you know, um, there's definitely someone better than me at this, why am I doing this? Um, and then you have to sit back and take a step back and say, think like, you know, no, you know, no one else is doing this, if I don't do this, no one else is going to, um, and and there's this really, there's a big need for the software, so mm-hmm. we, you know,
1: if I don't do it, no one else will, so we gotta keep going. What's that saying? If not me, then like who? Or like if not now, uh-huh. like uh-huh. When, when? yeah, Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what it exactly <laughs> is, but I feel like that applies. I feel, yeah, no, it definitely does. That's what yeah. you're just saying. <laughs> essentially. Sure.
2: And and having a team is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't do any of this without my co founder, um, Gabby, you know. We're all in this together, and, mm-hmm. and it's it's so nice to have a team mm-hmm. to push through with and to celebrate the the high points and you know to come together in the low points mm-hmm. um so that's huge and and I have an incredible team of mentors and people supporting me, and so you know it's really a team effort. I get to be the c e o and accept the awards, but you know it, it's not my award it's the mm-hmm. team's award because it's really. Um, it's a team effort, for sure.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm curious to know yeah. about the mentors as well, like how you went around answering those questions. This, Like you said, this is your first company, mm-hmm. so there's so many unknowns. How did for you sure. go about finding the answers?
2: For sure. Um, along the way, and, and because I spent so long trying to learn about the problems, um, I met some really great people. Um, got introduced to some awesome people here at Duke. Um that are also passionate about mental health and and see this problem and think that our approach to it is is very cool. So I've had some amazing mentorship from um, some of the professors here at duke and and people within the mental health space. so from a clinical aspect, having them to bounce ideas mm-hmm. off has been incredible um, and and their encouragement and um, you know, since they are leaders within the field, knowing that they're rooting for us is very encouraging. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of just the day-to-day startup, you know, starting a company, building a company, that, those questions um, and hurdles, um, I'm a, a part of the Melissa and Doug Entrepreneurship Program here at Duke, and there ha- there's two uh, mentors in the program, Tatiana and, and Jake Sauch, um both entrepreneurs from the local area, Tati was, she was the founder of Mati Energy, oh right, um, which we all know too yeah. well. Um, and and then Jake um, has a, a a video game that helps um, kids with ADHD as a medication alternative. That they've run studies; it's four times more effective than some ADHD medications wow. for kids. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and so you know, both of them graduated Duke not too long ago, mm-hmm. and they. Um, you know, their companies are around six years old. So they know what it's like to start a company. They know, they've learned about all these hurdles because they've been through them themselves. Mm -hmm. So having them to call up at odd hours to be like, this is happening, what do I do in this situation? Or, you know, I'm doing my first price negotiation tomorrow night, what do I, you know, can you help me train for this? What should I say? crafting your sales calls to you know whatever it
0: might be mm-hmm. it's been amazing to have them to bounce ideas off of and get guidance. That's awesome and do, would you say that they're like is did you find the clinical side that learning to be the most difficult or did you find the startup side stuff to be hardest or were they relatively the same in terms of how challenging they were? I think that
2: um, the clinical side is more fun to learn about yeah um, <laughs> whereas the startup side is more daunting because it, it is legal ramifications right
0: <laughs> that's a little scary um yeah.
2: you know or or you lose a client or you know you need money to keep it going so um you always have that looming um they're clinical there's legal ramifications for screwing it up clinically as well but mm-hmm. i think because my co-founder gabby is Sort of more in charge of the clinical side. It's more fun for me to learn about it because there's, you know, it's less responsibility. Yeah, true. There's really another person had that. I don't know. I think that, you know, I love running the business side of it too. It's fun, but um, it's definitely more fun once you have more of an idea of what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. There's Frozen Constable.
1: Yeah. So, what are the next steps for my resource and for team?
2: Sure. With TEAM, we're working on just trying to get the word out there about TEAM um, and and sort of sharing our resources and building awareness about TEAM as a resource for people everywhere. Um, We're looking to, to, we're, we're working on an animated video series with TEAM to help um, debunk therapy with patients, so to walk you through, you know, what should you expect in your first therapy session, Mm -hmm. and sort of short, two-minute animated videos, easy to watch and to take in the information, so it's super palatable, um, for, you know, regardless of your age, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when should I expect to be better, um, why is therapy scary, so debunking different stereotypes around or misconceptions about therapy, um, really helping to educate people on talk therapy because I think a lot of people are scared of what they don't know and therapy can, Mm -hmm. has a lot of stigma around it because people don't understand that there's science behind what goes into therapy, talk Mm -hmm. therapy. Um, So if we can sort of debunk that um, and help raise awareness and educate people, then I think therapy becomes a lot less scary and you can really um, fight a lot of the stigma in that space. Um, So continuing to, um, one of the things we're also doing the team is is building a community around peer to peer storytelling so through our Instagram we have a share yours campaign so if you are I've interested, seen those yeah, yeah I love I them. Great. thank you <laughs> um, interested in sharing your story about you know your experience with mental illness and or or even just stress you know you don't have to have a clinical diagnosis mm-hmm. to have been really stressed out or low in a point in time and, and you know we want to know we want you to share with the community you know what do you wish someone had done in that situation or what, is, what was something that was really helpful for you when you were feeling that way um, and I think that there's a lot of power in, in coming together and sharing with each other and trying to educate each other on how we can better support each yeah. other.
0: Oh real quick for our listeners would you mind telling them how they could share their yeah, story definitely. if they wanted? Yeah definitely
2: visit our Instagram um, at myteam.social and um, in our profile, you can click on a link and um, submit your story anonymously through a Google Doc, um, or you can DM us directly a story if you'd like us to put your picture on it.
0: Perfect, thank Perfect. you. Okay, continue now. The question was, or what are the next steps? So you sure. answered for team. Sure. Yeah. And then my Yeah, it my resources
2: continuing to work with more university counseling centers, um, and we're also working on rolling out a new um, patient portal that will help walk you through the different steps on how to find the right therapist and educate you about the differences. You know, why would you want to see someone online versus in person mm-hmm. or why would you want to pay with cash instead of use your insurance um, and, and help you, you know, be aware of, of all the things that you're taking into account. Um, and then we'll find you a therapist that meets all your criteria to make that process easier. Um, so we've just finished the raw wireframes of that, so we're going to be working on the design part and then just double
1: checking things and hopefully rolling it out within cool. the next few months. Do you oh, realize exciting? how wild this is? Can we take a <laughs> moment? Yes!
0: <laughs> it is Good amazing. Job. Thank you, thank you. Good job to you and your team. How difficult was it for you to decide that you were going to pursue all this after graduation? Was that a choice that even entered your mind or were you sure that this was exactly what you wanted to do?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times in startup world, you can't get too caught up with, you know, thinking too far into the future, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to be in the moment, you're, you also can't get too dedicated to one version of your product, because you end up pivoting a lot, you know, you have to be super flexible, um, and doing, keeping in mind, I think, you know, for me, that's been pretty easy, because the end goal is that I want to help patients, so it's what I don't care what it is yeah. as long as it's helpful. Um, and so I think in that sense, it's been easy for me to stay focused on just creating whatever's best and, and not letting you know my attachment to a one product or the other get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of you know making the decision to go full time on my resource, it was really never a question in my mind. Um, I, I guess I wasn't thinking that far ahead. I mm-hmm. was thinking, you know, what am I doing this coming summer, and what am right. I going to be doing next summer. I wasn't thinking, you know, what am I going to be doing once I graduated. And you know, years went by, and now here we are, and I'm graduating, and definitely I'm I'm full in for my resource for sure because I really believe this.
1: So, as a student, an undergraduate yourself, what advice do you have for any of the other students who are thinking about, um, you know, pursuing sort of an entrepreneurial path?
2: Sure, sure. I think um, the most important thing to remember is that starting a company is incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. It is, I can't, I can't emphasize how hard and painful that it is. Um, you really have to love what you're doing 200% to hundred percent to survive the process yeah. of starting a company because it is brutal. Um, there's a lot of moments where you feel absolutely hopeless and that you know you have no idea how this company is going to work um um, but you will pull through if you love and you're so passionate about what you what it is you're about to start you know definitely do it um it is so much fun and rewarding but it is so incredibly hard so um if you're not if you're unsure about your idea you have to be beyond convinced and committed Mm -hmm. to solving the problem i think as long as you're passionate about the problem you're solving. This is of debate within entrepreneurs, um, but I'm definitely in the camp that, you know, you really have to love what you're trying to to fix, or the problem you're trying to solve, or you really have to believe in the value you're bringing to people Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, to to actually, I think, before you would have to do that, before you go through with it. Um, The other Mm -hmm. thing is, like I said, don't get too hung up in in what your product is, because I guarantee you, you're gonna pivot. Mm you know, ours looks somewhat similar to what we started with, but it, it's really, it's not what we started with at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we've changed it all around a lot, and and that's because we're following what the problem is. Yeah. Um, you know, I think people can come up with products that are cool, but are people actually going to go out of their way to use them?
0: Or will they even help? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: So really think about, you know, what is the problem you're solving? Is it a real problem? Spend a lot of time getting to know absolutely everything you can about um, what the problem is and and how you're going to try and fix it because people are most definitely going to tell you it's not possible, it's not going to work. But if if you know the problem inside out and backwards, then you'll know when people tell you you're wrong or that's not possible you'll know when they're right mm-hmm. and then you will also know when they're wrong right. and, and you know you're gonna get a lot of no's and that's not gonna work before you can prove to them that it does mm-hmm. so you need to know when to listen and, and when not to and that comes from just knowing absolutely everything there is to about what you're trying to fix um so do a lot of research i did two years of research before my resource even became anything um so make sure you you really spend time getting to know the space first. Those are perfect
0: words of advice. Thank you so much, Kenzie. This was so amazing. I'm so impressed by you in this moment. And just always, of course. Thank you for for joining us for another episode of Ken Speaks. Stay tuned for the next in our entrepreneurship series, which will be coming shortly. Until then, we hope you have a great week. Bye.